Welcome to the RE Podcast, the first dedicated RE podcast for students and teachers. My name is Louisa Jane Smith and this is the two-year anniversary of the RE Podcast. I started it in October 2020 during the COVID pandemic and it's still going and I'm on over 30,000 downloads. So thank you to you wonderful listeners for your continued support. I genuinely, genuinely love doing this and feel very privileged to be in this position. So I'm just, as I did last year, I'm going to do a little brief summary of seasons four, five and six. So this is a few samples from season five, just an incredible season with amazing people. I start off talking to three early careers RV teachers. I then invite Rabbi Binyamin Sheldrake back to talk about anti-Semitism, have an incredibly emotional chat with an ex-jihadist. I speak to twin brothers, one is a Baptist and one is a Buddhist, about the differences between their journeys and their beliefs. Have a lovely chat with the Reverend Andy Fitchett about interpreting Genesis as a queer Christian and his experience of being a queer Christian and particularly leading a church. I do one on peace and conflict to support the GCSE theme. I invite my boss on to talk about reconciliation. To celebrate Valentine's, I do an episode on love. I speak to Paul Carenza, a Christian and stand up comedian and presenter about the future of RE. I speak to Claire Clinton and Katie Gooch about the RE leadership program that I have just started. Zam Hussein comes back on and talks about Ashura, really helpful if that is part of your GCSE syllabus. And then I end up talking to James Holt, who is from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, about what it is. Absolutely incredible series, really proud of it. When I was looking at becoming qualified, I was looking at the history curriculum and the RE curriculum. And the RE curriculum was the one that I thought was, there was a lot more there, a lot more content that we could get into and debate and learn from. I don't think you could ever get bored of teaching RE because it's so huge. Well, anti-Semitism is racism, prejudice towards people of the Jewish faith. And it manifests itself in various ways. I think the most common way is to defend the use of myths and stereotypes. I have nightmares every other night about what I could have done. I sometimes cry myself to sleep thinking about what I could have done. And I always wonder, what kind of a person am I? DNA-wise, you are exactly the same. Have you explored why you've taken such different paths? So what is it, Brian, I think, that has meant you've turned to Buddhism and, Mark, why you've turned to Christianity? The only big thing that I can tell, like, what I did different, I always had my nose in a book. I just, like, devoured fantasy books, which really has a lot of basis on, like, multiculturalism and world religions. So you get these tastes of different lifestyles, which just really opened my eyes and got me curious about world religion. I think maybe that is where a big main difference is because, you know, Brian was a bookworm and I'm like, I'm not going to read. He can read for me and he'll he'll explain every book to me that he reads. Um, So I was kind of reading vicariously through him. Let us make humankind in our image and in our likeness. Male and female, we shall create them. So here is God saying, I am male and female. Let us make humankind male and female in our image. There's a big traction at the moment about talking about our God as a trans God. 
which I think is brilliant. Because <laughs> well, Jesus was trans. Jesus is supreme spiritual being, pre-incarnate, who then transitions into becoming human. So a holy war is a war started by a religious leader or started for a religious purpose. But many of my students question the term holy war as an oxymoronic statement. Oxymoronic is just a posh way of saying it contradicts itself. If religion is about peace and love and reconciliation, then how can they start wars? It's one of those topics that you can't teach academically because reconciliation is something which is as much of RE is, it's a living, breathing thing. And so we've kind of gone through a journey, haven't we, of trying to bring it to life and trying to make it understandable as a living process and not just a key term that the children really can't remember. So it, yeah, it came up from a very much an exam point of view, you know, the question wasn't answered properly, but then I think it's kind of spiraled, hasn't it, into more of a, are we doing our civic duty to the children if we are not teaching something that is so important that well? So yeah, it's become a really interesting project for us. And actually, the Greeks can teach us a lot about love. In English, we only have one word for love, love. So it doesn't matter whether we love our partner or our mum or dogs or chocolate or football or our best friends or our children, we use the same word, love. But we love these things in very different ways. Because I love chocolate, I eat it. But that is very different from the way I love my dog. I mean, I'm a vegetarian for start. In Greek, they have eight words for love, depending on the type of love they're talking about. Sounds much more sensible. And you look at the world today and the problems that are across the world in terms of war, peace, diplomacy, tolerance, understanding, all of these things that I think are grounding in religious education or religion and worldviews or whatever it might be. I think all of that surely helps. And I also a part of a few national things. And one of the things is the thing we're talking to you about today. So I head up something called the Leadership Programme, which is a programme to help RE people develop in their local and national leadership skills. Do you view it as a festival which needs to be celebrated or is it something that's more of a memorial? It's a very good question and sometimes you see on uh, exam questions about the celebration of Ashura. Well, it depends on which kind of Muslim you ask. So for Sunni Muslims, this day is more important because of the story of Moses. Mm -hmm. So since that is what is remembered on this day, it is more of a day of celebration in the sense that you are celebrating the day that God saved one of his prophets and his people from the tyrannical leader that was Pharaoh. However, from a Shia perspective, what's more important on this day is the killing and murder of Hussein in the Battle of Karbala. So in terms of Ashura, it is a much more important event for Shia Muslims. And therefore, I would always call it a commemoration or a memorial. I, I would never call it a celebration. It's actually a period and a day of mourning, and Shia Muslims argue that it should be nothing but that. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was founded in 1830, and it's neither Catholic, Orthodox, nor Protestant. It is a restorationist, so in the sense that there wasn't a reformation, there was a restoration. So Joseph Smith, who was the first prophet, saw God the Father and Jesus Christ, his son, and organized the church in 1830. And so very much the focus of all of our faith, in fact, Joseph Smith said that kind of the central aspects of our faith is Jesus Christ and everything else is only an appendage to that. 